Hey mamas, it's Cindy and Emily and welcome to Imperfect Mom's Guide. This podcast is far from kid-friendly, so grab some earphones for you or for them. We talk all things from mental health struggles, parenting fails, and the occasional shaving of buttholes. Buckle up and get ready for the shit show. And let's get ready to talk shit, eat cake, and tell judgmental moms to mind their own motherhood. Hi. Hey, Whitney. So I'm just going to start with the hardest part of this whole episode is introduce yourself. Tell us what you like. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about you. All right. Well, my name's Whitney and I am married. Actually, tomorrow's my anniversary. I'll be married four years. We've been together 11. I feel like it's forever. And uh, I have two kids. I have two bonus babies. Um, Our oldest is 15. He's going to be driving in September. And, yeah, scary. (laughs) And then we've got uh, an 11-year-old. And then one of our boys that we have together is going to be 10 in November. And then our daughter, the only girl out of four, is going to be six next month. Yeah. So they're growing up fast. Um, anyway, I work at a nursing home. I work, I'm a social service director there at the nursing home here in town. And I don't know, for my free time, I like to read. I love to write. Um, I love just spending time with my family, watching them play outside all the time and just enjoying life. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It, you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, we're just going to jump into the nitty gritty. I'm going to go ahead and give kind of a trigger warning um, kind of out there. You know, we're going to talk about um, miscarriage, uh, substance abuse, stuff like that. So if that's something that you're not interested in. You can probably hop to the end, and we're going to be talking about something funny then. I can almost guarantee. Um, But we can just go ahead and start wherever you feel comfortable starting. All right. So we'll we'll just start with, what, the addiction? We'll start with addiction and substance abuse and stuff first. Um, I had Cindy send me an itinerary, so I kind of knew what to look forward to and and plan ahead. So we'll see how this goes. Back in 2016, it was Valentine's Day, actually. I had just lost our second child that day. And I don't know. I was going through a lot mentally and emotionally. And my husband at the time, I just found out, was using methamphetamines. And I was oblivious to the whole thing. I knew something was up because he wasn't coming home at night. And I don't know. I just knew something was up. So we had a huge ice storm that night. And I was begging him not to leave. And I ended up taking his keys, went through his car, acted like a crazy person, and it ended up biting me in the butt. But I found some drugs. And I was just like, you know what? If you think you can do this, then I'm going to, too. It was so stupid when I look back on it. It really was. But you live and you learn. And I, that night, I got hooked on meth, methamphetamines, and my world went spiraling out of control. Um. Within two months, I'd lost 80 pounds, and my family was starting to realize that something was up. I'd lied to them the whole time and said I was having issues health-wise. I even went to the hospital 
and then got hospital paperwork sent to my house. And I forged my own hospital paperwork by looking at that paperwork just to show my family I'm not on drugs. I've got health issues. So they, they quickly realized that I was lying. Um, I don't know. I lost my job. I lost my car. I lost, you know, I had a loan. I wasn't paying on it. Um, I, I lost my house during it all. I even lost my son. Like DFS got involved. My house got raided and it was just awful. Um, I blamed everyone but myself. I blamed my family for me going through what I was going through. I blamed my friends. I mean, I cut everyone out of my life and it just, it destroyed everything. It really did. I was, I was ready to die. Like I didn't want to live anymore. I couldn't stop. I didn't know what to do. Um, during that time frame, I ended up getting pregnant and I never thought I'd go through this, but I was using while I was pregnant. I couldn't stop. So DFS was already involved. They did a drug test one day and I drank all the drinks to try and make you clean. I did everything that I could think of. Someone said drink pickle juice. That shit doesn't work. Just so you know, I failed the drug test. So, <laughs> so I ended up, um, it was either go to prison or go to rehab. So I went to rehab and I ended up going to a facility in Hannibal, which yes, it was a great experience, but it wasn't what I needed at the time. So instead of going back home, once I got out of my rehab facility, the judge at the time thought that it was best to go ahead and go to another rehab. So I was doing two rehabs back to back and I'm thinking, I don't need this. I'm cured. I'm fine. That was the best thing they could have done to me because I mean, in the beginning, before I went to rehab, I went to jail for a while, um, all while pregnant. So I went to, I was pregnant, jail, two rehab facilities. I didn't have a home to go home to. So it was either continued in jail or move back home with my parents. Well, duh, send me to my parents' house. Girl, and anyone listening, if you don't have family to support you during this, reach out to your friends because you need somebody. You cannot do it on your own. You can't. Me moving back home was the best thing that happened to me because I was able to continue my sobriety. My parents, I was on house arrest, so I couldn't go wherever I wanted to go. Um, I was allowed to go to rehab, or not rehab, to uh, meetings, and I really got involved in Celebrate Recovery in Hannibal, which they don't have anymore, unfortunately. Um, and it, it literally paved my future because I was able to learn how to live my life sober, face all the obstacles that life throws your way because we all know you get a shit ton of them on a daily basis. And without that support system that I had, I don't know where I would have been. I probably would have relapsed. I would probably still be hanging out with the crowd I was hanging out with when I was using. I probably wouldn't be married to my husband and raising our children because by me getting sober and showing that I could do it for several months at, at that time, I was able to get guardianship of my son back. So I have full custody still. I'm, everything's great. Um, my daughter was born healthy, thank God. I mean, I got very lucky because you hear horror stories about using drugs while you're pregnant. You know, God blessed me for sure because my daughter is completely healthy and fine and smart. So I don't know. I could go on for hours. I could tell you all the awful stories that happened, like, for instance, one night I was at the gas station and I just, I was so tired because I've been up for so many days. 
I passed out in somebody's car. Don't even know whose car it was. Went into their car, sat down, fell asleep. They called 911. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't know how I remember this, but I was so embarrassed. But just things like that. Clipping my bushes outside of my house um, with scissors at 2 in the morning. I mean, what the hell? So my neighbors probably thought I was crazy, which I was. I was a little crazy. (laughs) But, I mean, just, I know you know what. I know you've experienced addiction in your family. I know that you understand what I'm talking about. It, it, it's not like someone wakes up and says, I'm going to become a drug addict today. It doesn't work that way. Absolutely. You know, and some people, I've met people that have used the drugs that I used and never got addicted. Stupid that you did it, but good for you because I was hooked the minute I did it. I remember crying mm-hmm. in my bedroom and I was like, I'm a horrible mom, but you know, I'm not. It was just another obstacle that life threw at me, and luckily I overcome it, overcame it. So, I don't know. Here I am. I'm going on seven years sober. Well, thank you. I'm, on, I'm going on seven years sober in January, and it, I still get really emotional sometimes when I think about it or, like, when I look at my memories on Facebook every day because it's a constant reminder of what I put my family through, what I put my kid through. That's what breaks my heart the most. Luckily, he was young enough. He doesn't remember it. Um, he did come stay with me for a while when I was in rehab. That was probably the hardest decision because I didn't want him to be exposed to that environment, but they really accommodated him and and made him feel like it was my work. We told him it was my work. You're coming to see mommy at work, but, uh, I don't know if if you're going, if someone out there listening is going through this or know somebody reach out to someone, reach out to me, reach out to Cindy, you know, I can help you. I will help you get into a facility. I've helped so many people get sober. Not everyone has the success story that I have, but, you know, I don't know. I still have my triggers. That's going to be something that I'll I'll deal with probably the rest of my life. But I don't put myself in that environment. I don't put myself around people who use. I don't go to that town that I used to use in by myself. Mind you, I'm seven years sober almost, and I still don't go to that town by myself. I don't know. I just, it's not that I don't trust myself, but I know the temptations and I know how weak I can be. Mm-hmm. I may be strong, but I can be weak. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's a good thing to know what your triggers are. Um, that's kind of like something that my mom's going through right now is with her, you know, alcohol addiction. And a lot of people know that she has it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she, she's trying to do better. Like she really, she really, really is. And she's, you know, going to the meetings and everything and learning what her, what her, uh, I just said the word, what her triggers Triggers are. are, Yeah. Yeah. So definitely finding out what your triggers are and what's getting you to do that. And then figuring out a way, out a way, you're never going to be able to stop having them. Like there will always be a trigger, but finding out how to work through it Cause like, that's the same way with me. Like I haven't been through any addiction, but with my PTSD, like I know the triggers that are going to start that. Yeah. And I love your mom to pieces. I, she's my favorite cashier at the gas station. Every time I go see her, my husband loves her too. He's always like, you know, Ellen. I'm like, I know your mom. I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know. It's just, I've always thought that alcohol would be the hardest thing to kick. That's why I don't drink. I take that back. I drink every once in a while, like once in a blue moon, but I just, I have a very, I have an addictive, addictive personality. So 
one drink may turn into five to ten. I don't know. So I just steer clear of it. Um, but alcohol is so easily accessible. And it doesn't matter what age you are. When I was a kid, 16, 17, I had a fake ID. I had people that would go buy me alcohol if I didn't go get it myself. So it's just so easily accessible. And I know, like, can I say names, like drug names on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know, like, weed and pot or uh, meth and shit. I know that's easily accessible, but not as easy as alcohol. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. You can't buy that at the store. I mean, now you can buy weed at the store. But yeah, you can't, can't you? Like, you can't get that at the store. That's just wild. I never thought that I'd see the day. Uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. Like, it doesn't I bother me either. I don't have, I don't have a single never, like foul opinion on exactly. it. I I feel like I'm a very big advocate for marijuana because I've seen all the good things it can do. Yeah. And, like, you can't, like, necessarily get addicted to it. But that's, like, a whole nother thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on to that, too. No, I yeah. I don't do that because of my job and, and because I'm sober. But, right. but, I mean, I have no feelings towards anyone that does like good for you if that's what makes you rest at night go for it yep. i don't care see and i don't i don't drink and i don't smoke and i don't do any of that i just don't um the drinking a lot has to do with the shit going on in my family like it's been like that for a while um so i don't do that and a lot of people always ask me they're like why don't you drink and it's just like it's a personal choice for me not to do it but that's a reason is i don't know if I'm going to get addicted to it. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. And I've got really young children that I'm like, I'm just trying to steer clear of it. Yeah. Because I know that it runs in my family. Yeah. No girl, I, I get it completely. Like addiction runs in my family on my mom's side. So deep, um, you know, from my great grandfather to my grandfather to, it's, I understand where you're coming from. It's devastating because you don't want to go through what your loved one is going through and you don't want to put your children through that. I totally get it. Addiction is the weirdest thing. Like before I ever used, I remember judging people so bad. I was such an asshole. I remember calling them like piece of shits and so much more. I was horrible. But then I was in their shoes and I remember being judged and my... I just remember how low I felt. So going through that has really changed my perspective on life in so many ways. Not saying that I am glad I went through it, but I'm not as judgmental as I used to be. You know, I, I understand. I just know what I can and can't do. And alcohol is not something that I, first off, I don't really like the taste of alcohol. And I'm just, I don't know, just not appealing to me. I don't come home and think, oh, I want a drink. I think, oh, I want a cigarette. That's what I think when I come home. But, or I want to go to bed. I'm like, I can take a snack. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's definitely one. Like, everybody, and I don't care what anybody says, everybody has that thing. Has that thing that they're not quite addicted to, but always, like, everybody has their thing. Like, if you come home, you've had an awful day, like, there's something that you want. There's, everybody has it. Whether it's people who work out at the gym, people who smoke cigarettes, people who drink alcohol, do hard drugs, eat, like, 
there is always something that is your comfort. Oh, absolutely. Food is my biggest weakness right now. For some reason, after I had my daughter, something snapped in my head, which brings us to mental issues pretty soon. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't hear a single word that you said. I, I'm so I sorry. Like, oh, Someone called me. Um, did that just screw your video up? Nope, you're good. Okay, okay. We'll just so, over what you're saying. Okay, I literally come home from work and want to eat. I wake up and want to eat. I, girl, I have gained so much weight since getting sober. I weigh more now than I've weighed my entire life. Um, I'm not kidding you. I... I have tried diet pills. I've gone to the doctor to get diet pills. I wasn't losing weight on the diet pills. Like, how does that happen? How do you not lose weight on diet pills? I wasn't eating until nighttime, which I know is the worst thing to do. So I've just accepted it. I'm just meant to be a, a fatty. I don't care. It is what it is. <laughs> I love that. I am the highest weight that I've ever been, but like, to some people, it's not, like, an unhealthy weight. And I'm not, like, an unhealthy weight, I guess, for my... Okay, I'm getting there. I'm really, like, pushing the obese, like, you know, like, unhealthy See, weight. Who came up with those numbers? Like, right? And I'm like, mm, I feel like that's wrong. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. First off, you look amazing. I love your workout pictures. Because my sister is a diehard workout fanatic. You probably know this by now. Um, she works out like three times a day. Skin and bones. I mean, she's healthy. She looks great. But then there's me. I ran. We had a, like a fake fire drill at work the other day. And I had to run. You know where the main building is. I had to run from one building, from one building to the other building. Girl, I couldn't move the next day. My legs hurt so bad. I was like, what did I do? And then I realized, yeah, I ran for the first time in three years. It was bad. So I probably won't do that again. We had hiking today for the first time in like over a week. I'm dead. I literally dead. didn't know if I was going to just have to lay down to record because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I hurt so bad. I would take so many breaks in high fit. I'm like, I got to sit down for a minute. I'll just watch. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I just, yeah. the motivation though, I've got to figure out motivation because I really struggle with that. It's bad. It's a problem. Yeah, that's my problem. That's why I like going to high fit is because like you're there. Everybody else is there doing the same thing that you are and they're not watching you like 99% of the time. No, is watching you. No, so I think that's my favorite at home. I get motivation to do shit. Like I've been on my elliptical twice since we got it. I keep begging my husband to let me get a treadmill, but he's refusing. He's like, you'll never use it. Well, I might. I'll think about it. <laughs> Daniel's like, it'll just be a clothes rack. And I was like, well, then it would be a pretty expensive clothes rack, okay? Yeah, at least it's working for something, right? Yeah. It's earning its keep. Right. Oh. So, what else is on the itinerary? I don't have it pulled up next to me. So didn't have it. I had it pulled up and then I got rid of it. So give me one second. Um, we have mental health struggles, miscarriages, being a working mom, um, pros and cons of being a bonus. Okay. Mom. Let's go to mental health. Okay. 
Okay, keep that pulled up because we're going to need it. So mental health, what are your thoughts? I know you've talked a lot about mental health um, and you've experienced a lot of issues and um, trials and uh, trials and tribulations. That's not really what I'm trying to say, but you've experienced the roller coaster. Yes. Every day. Yeah. It is so common. I never luckily went through uh, postpartum depression or anything like that, but I've had some form of depression ever since I was younger. You know, I remember just not having the motivation to get out of bed and, and I didn't understand what was wrong with me. I thought maybe I was sick or something and my mom took me to the doctor and they're like, well, you might have depression. I'm like, what the hell is depression? You know? So I've been on medicine since I was probably shit. I don't know, 15, 14, but I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to tell everyone out there listening to this because this is, this is real shit and it happens. I, for some reason, back in 2000, I think it was night, no, 2020 or 21, I had like a mental breakdown and I remember going to a graduation for my cousin here in town and my daughter was acting out, embarrassing me in the bleachers. So I took her outside and something came over me. I was like, I need to leave. I've got to go home because I'm about to lose my shit. Someone's going to get hurt. Like I'm about to hurt somebody. And I, and it scared me because here it is, I am. I'm that frustrated. And it's just me and my daughter. I'm like, I got to go somewhere. So I called my husband and I'm like, I need you to come home. Um, he came home, took over the kids. I went to bed. Girl, I slept for like three days straight. The only thing I ate was an apple. I couldn't, when I was awake, I couldn't stop crying. Um, I had quit taking my medications a couple days before thinking I was miraculously cured. Worst decision ever. I ended up checking myself into Centerpoint in Columbia and was inpatient there for only five days because I was begging to go home. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did it because I could have hurt myself. Like I wasn't like I wanted, I'm going to kill myself, but I remember thinking I'm so miserable. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live like this. Why am I so sad? Why do I keep crying? You know, I just, I was, something was wrong. So I clearly needed the medications. So when I went to Centerpoint, they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder, which doesn't surprise me because I'm a little crazy one. And then, um, major depression disorder. So MDD is what they call it. And so he put me on lithium and then a couple other meds. And after about two weeks, I mean, I went home, you know, but after about two weeks, girl, I felt like myself again. I, I still have days where I'm like, I don't really feel like getting out of bed or I just want to sleep all day on the weekends. I'm kind of down in the dumps. I think that's normal. I think that's common for people to feel that way, but you have to know when, enough's enough. Or when you're at that point, do not be afraid to ask for help because had I been afraid to ask for help, what if I had killed myself? It could have happened. You know, what if I had hurt my child? What if I had hurt somebody? I don't know. I don't want to find out. I'm glad I didn't find out, but some people are so scared because it's the, the stigma, you know, they're just so scared to tell people how they feel or let anyone know that they need help because they're afraid of being judged or, um, not getting the right help they need. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I really feel for people who are struggling with that because meds are the way to go. (laughs) Sometimes they really are. Yeah. to the doctor because I feel like I do have some sort of bipolar or 
And I also have self-diagnosed myself with ADHD, you know? Yeah. But I you might have it. To go to the doctor. Like, my, I feel like one reason that I need to go back is my Zoloft, when I do take it, I just don't feel like it's doing what I need it to do. No. I hated Zoloft. I was on it for two years. First off, I had no sex drive. My husband hated that. Second of all... It didn't, it didn't do anything. I did not feel better. And I remember thinking, why am I not getting better? Medicine is, is this, the, is this how I'm supposed to feel every day? No, you are not supposed to feel miserable every single day. Some meds just don't work for other people. So I would definitely go back to the doctor and talk to him about that. Yeah. There's something about like, especially the sex drive that drives me like, not that I had like a super high one, but like I had a decent, I mean, like when I'm not taking it, at least I have a decent sex drive, but when I take it, I have none, zero. Like, no, I, I didn't want any part of it. I was like, nope, not into it. Not feeling it. Sorry. Nope. Yeah. And it may, it makes me feel off and it doesn't make me feel like necessarily like a bad wife or anything, but like that is part of being with someone is that's intimacy. Like yeah. I didn't even want him to me or to talk no basically exactly yeah like i had no desire for that sexual interaction or any interaction at all honestly i just didn't want any part of it i just and honestly i didn't know that was a thing until um my cousin was on zoloft as well and she brought it up to me and i'm like oh my god yes like this makes perfect sense this explains why i'm not into it you know so it i think it's a common side effect we should be Zoloft. We should be Zoloft talkers. We could just tell people, don't take Zoloft. This is not what you want. Right. And it's crazy that that's what they start most people on. Like they start I think a lot of it is because it's such a safe, a safe medication. Like if you're pregnant, you can take it while you're pregnant. I think it's just because it's so safe. That's the only thing I can come up with. I don't know. Well, the side effects that I have on Zoloft are weird. Like, I'll spend, like, two days shaking. Just, like, shaking all. And I'm like, ah. Oh, really? It's just kicking in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, don't cold turkey quit because you will be sick as shit. I, I did that a couple times. Like, I would run out and not get it refilled. And I would be, like, nauseous and dizzy. And just, I felt like I had vertigo. Like, I was just really off balance. And just, I didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So, just don't quit taking it cold turkey, whatever you do. Well, I haven't taken it in, like, two months. Oh, so shit. Did you feel sick when you quit taking it? I don't think that I was taking it long enough. Like, because I've oh. only been taking it for a couple months. Yeah. So, I didn't like I had been taking it that long to have any like super awful side effects it was just more of like when I when I first stopped taking it I was just pissed off all the time yeah and I'm like mm, this will settle down <laughs> you're like no it's not <laughs> maybe not <laughs> oh I don't know maybe you are bipolar who knows <laughs> getting mad all the time <laughs> no I do feel bad for them. Like, I do feel bad for them sometimes. Sometimes they put that shit on themselves, okay? I'm I get it. going to be honest. Right. <laughs> I get it. My kids Dude, test me. Like, my kids test the shit out of me. Like, my son, don't get me wrong. I, I know 
you may have a different thought because we've had an incident with our kids. But Wyatt is like my angel child. Poor Wesleyan. She is the devil's spawn. I mean, she is something else. Love them both the pieces. But God damn, what in the world? Karma's a bitch. Because my daughter looks like I walk in the door and she's like, I'm going to be a, a, a terror now. It's like something switches in her head. She's like, oh, mom's home. Let's do everything we can to ruin her night. Yeah, I'm not a bad mom, yep. guys. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, my kid, Harper, the other day, she's like, you're a bad mom. And I'm like, I know oh. fine. I'm always I'm like, fine. you want to see bad mom? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you bad mom. <laughs> And, like, we're going through this shit with Hadley, and I've said it a million times on the podcast. I don't know whether it's the shit that's going on with her mom, her age, whatever it is. The other day, it took everything out of me not to just lose my absolute shit on this girl. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to be a better parent than my parents were. I'm trying to be a better parent than my parents were. You can't knock the shit out of her, Cindy. You just got to walk away. Just walk away. And I'm like. God, I know. And I'm like, girl. Mm. Yeah, West one of those. Like, you can spank her, and it doesn't phase her at all. You know, you yeah. can send her to her room. She doesn't care. She'll clean her room, and she'll play in it. She'll do whatever. She doesn't care. That girl shows no remorse. The other day, I was working on a poster for work, and she had gotten in trouble, and her dad sent her to her room. So after, like, 15 minutes, he let her come out. What does she do? She walks up to my poster and starts ripping it. I'm like, dude, you just got in trouble. Like, are you trying to get yourself sent to bed for the night? Because it's happening. I'm like, what the hell? Girl, I feel that. I feel that. Told Hadley, Hadley the other day that she couldn't get in the pool. Like, we have this little tiny kitty pool, whatever. Told her she couldn't get in the pool. So what does she do? Takes a, uh, like, a sand sifter and shoves it into the pool. And I was like, what did we just tell you? You cannot get in the pool. She's like, I didn't get in the pool. I was like, your hands are part of your body. Your body got in the pool. <laughs> but mom, I didn't get in the pool. <laughs> and I'm like, um, like, girl, this close. So I just took the sifter from her and threw it. I was like, I'm over it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what can you do sometimes? That's when you just, I don't even know. I don't even know. Cause I can't control my own kid. I can't even get advice because my, if she's anything like mine, nothing's going to work. Nothing. And Gotta love them. I was talking I was talking earlier to Bridget. Me and her were recording earlier, and she was talking about how, um, like, your kids act the worst with you because they feel the most comfortable with you. And I'm like, it makes me feel good to an extent, but at the same time, like, y'all don't act that way to your dad. Thank you. My children, like, Westland is an angel to her dad. A devil to me. And he and he doesn't see it. He's like, well, it's just, you're doing something wrong. No. Like, I, I've tried gentle parenting. I've tried doing it the mean way. I mean, I have tr I've read books on parenting. I've tried it all. I don't know. I give up. As long as she's alive, I guess I'm doing good. Right. I keep telling Daniel, I'm like, can we please drop them off at the fire department? <laughs> He's like, they know where we live. They know where, we, I mean, good point. Is he still on the um, first, <laughs> is he still a first responder? 
technically yes. Okay. He hasn't been to a call in like three years. Yeah. I didn't know if he still did that or not. Oh, what else is on the itinerary? pros and cons of being a bonus parent. Okay. Let me tell you, the pros outweigh the cons, but the cons keep getting worse and worse as the days go by, I swear. You've got a really bad situation. I mean, I don't want to say bad situation, but like, I, I cannot relate. Our situations are complete opposites. Girl, you're doing great. You're doing great. I don't know the whole situation, but I know the mom. I just, you're doing good. It's hard. Being a stepmom is hard. I, how old were the girls when you came into their life? Well, I guess it was just, um, it was just, is there Hadley? It was just Hadley, wasn't it? Yeah, just Hadley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How old was she? Um, She was, so I knew Daniel and Tennille whenever they had her. And I, Mm -hmm. I've known them for a very long time. But me and Daniel got together whenever Hadley was two and a half, three. Okay. So, yeah. Um, my oldest stepson was five and my youngest one was uh, six months old. But, like, we kind of started our relationship in a really bad way. Um, everyone's going to judge me. Don't judge me. Okay. Um I was with my ex, Spencer, for, like, six years, okay? We lived together, whatever. I started working with Forrest, my husband, and we, like, instantly clicked. He was with his boys' mom for, like, 14 years, okay? So we were both in decent, lengthy relationships. Um, He and I ended up cheating on our – we cheated on our significant others and got pregnant really fast, like within three tries, like not even tries. Why did I say try three, three sex sessions? I don't know what you call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously we had to confront the situation and tell our significant others at the time. So Crystal is her name. She was Forrest's ex. Oh, sorry. My dog just saw a cat. Um, Crystal and Forrest lived together. She moved out. I moved in. I mean, it was just a really fucked up deal. So, obviously, she hated my guts. I hated her because she hated me. Um, My ex was out of the picture. He was gone, you know, doing his thing. But it made for a very, very hard situation. Because had we done it the right way and, like, left our significant others and then started dating, life would have been grand. There, they would go back and forth from mom to dad, or their parents just weren't really involved, or they were mean, or, you know, there was always something. Like, they just had a bad home life. But I, I grew up very, very lucky. Like, my parents are still married, 36 years now, and they have the best relationship, and they were wonderful parents. Like, my mom stayed home. She was a hair, she's a hairdresser and has her own business, so she has always been able to kind of pick and choose her hours, and if we had doctor's appointments or sporting events, she was always there. My dad was always our coach for everything. My mom led our Girl Scouts when we had Girl Scouts in Paris, so it's like, for me, 
this is what, back to the drug situation. For me, it is so selfish for me to put my family through what I put them through, knowing that they had been there every single step of the way, every second of every day. That rhymes. It just really, um, I don't know. It just, I'm so selfish. And I look back now, like my mom and I are best friends. We have the best relationship. Um, my dad and I are closer than ever. You know, he and I have always had kind of like a butt head relationship, probably because we're so much alike. But now, you know, I just, I don't know. I've just always been so lucky. I Sometimes I, I talk to my mom and I'm like, how did you make it look so easy? You made us breakfast every morning before school. You would pack our lunches if we wanted. You always had a snack ready when we got home from school. Like, shit, girl. I come home from work and I'm like, leave me alone. Let me have five minutes to myself. You know, my mom was never like that. So I'm like, where did I learn this? Why am I such an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. I just got very lucky growing up. I, I, I mean, the probably the first seven or eight years of my life were really rough. We're, we're pretty, pretty fucking rough. But my mom, like, she, she put us in some awful situations. Um, I love her to death. Like, me and my mom are very close. Um, she did put us kids in some really tough situations. But she was always, like, super calm to us. And, like, I don't think I ever, like, remember my mom losing her shit on us, ever. Me either, yeah, and on so my mom. I asked her one day, I'm like, how in the hell did you do it? And she was like, I'm just going to be honest with you. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. I it, it cause I had to. It's like one of those fight or flight instincts that I am lacking. You know, some moms just know how to handle shit. And then there's me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. My kids are acting crazy. I'm going to go hide in my room and eat. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you guys not touch me for five seconds? Please. please. It's so funny you said that. My kids know not to touch me unless they ask for a hug first. Because I hate being touched. I, in fact, when they know I'm pissed off or they want to piss me off, they'll come up and, like, touch my face. And I'm like, dude, girl, whichever one you are, do not touch me. They know, mom, can I give you a hug? Like, they ask me first. They're so funny. No, not my kids. They're just always up on me. And I'm like, and I tell Daniel all the time, I'm like, this is why I don't want you to touch me. It's because they are Cause I'm constantly touched. <laughs> yes. I'm touched out. Do not touch me no more. Yeah. Kids just don't get it. It's, yeah. It's, then I think to myself that mom guilt eats at me and it's like, well, they're not going to want to do it forever. And I'm like, I know. And then I cry over it. I'm like, why am I so heartless sometimes? Does it make you cry? Does it ever make you that emotional? Okay. Like every, almost every night before bed, I like rethink about the day and I'm like, well, I could have done this better or that better. And I'm like, I did the best I could fucking do. Right. <laughs> this is why I have gray hair. Like my hair is gray. My kids make my hair gray. My job's stressful. My kids make my hair gray. It's inevitable. I feel that. I fucking feel that. Oh my god. So yes. Like I love my kids, and it makes like I feel like a lot of times I just bitch about them on the podcast, and I'm like, 
you know, talking about instances that happened or the shit that my kids do. And, like, I feel like I talk shit about them a lot. But I really do love them, and I love them so much. There's just days that I don't like them as much as I love them. Yes, I feel that. I really do. (laughs) I'm just glad I'm not the only one that goes through this, honestly. Like, my husband makes it look so easy, and I'm like, yeah, because the kids listen to you, for real. Um, But he just comes home, and I'm not going to lie, he does the cooking, and he does a lot of the cleaning, but he just makes it all look so easy. He's so calm about everything he does. Like, they say something or spill a drink, and I'm, like, irritated, and it ruins my night. So, but he's just like, it's no big deal. Let me get a paper towel and wipe it up. I'm like, yeah, you do that. I'm going to be mad at you because you're so calm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dana told me the other night, he's like, why do I always have to be the bad guy? And I'm like, because these motherfuckers listen to you. That's why. Right. I constantly say, I'm going to tell your dad. I'm going to call your dad. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> then straighten up. Yeah, me too. And he's like, why do I always have to be the one that you have to call? Because do you ever have to say, I'm going to call your mom? Ever. Do you ever have to say that? No. No. Gosh. Oh, thank God our kids are cute, right? We had some cute kids. I so I guess it's acceptable for them to be little shits. At least they got that going for them. Exactly. That's the only reason why I keep them around is because they're cute. Right. <laughs> they don't cook or clean, so I don't know what else I'm keeping them for. Yeah. No. My cousin's been taking Westland to this, uh, well, the library does this story time. Do you know about the story time on Wednesdays? Okay, so my cousin's been taking her because she's a teacher. She's off in the summer. And today they did this mad scientist thing, and Westland wanted to tell me about it for like an hour. And I'm like, honey, you've told me the same story three times. I'm glad you had fun, but let's change the subject. You never listen to me. I'm like, oh, my God, drama queen. Just can't win. Well, Hadley, I feel like every time that we get into the truck, she wants to talk to us, and I can't hear a thing. Like, I already have trouble hearing anything anyways. Well, today we were going to town. Yeah, we were going to town to the little library deal. Oh, did you all go? She... Oh, we went to the one at the library. We didn't go to the one at the school. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, but we we had went, and she was trying to tell me about something sitting in the back seat, and I was like, I had the radio on, the windows were down. So I turned down the radio, and I was like, Were you talking? She was like, Yeah, I was trying to tell you something. I'm like, I can't hear a single word that you just said to me. And then she didn't say anything, and I was like, Are you gonna tell me? It was just something off the wall that she thought of as we were driving. Yeah. I have that mom selective hearing. And so it's like I just tune my kids out in the car. Um, I do it at work, too. Like, I don't answer the phones anymore unless I'm the only one there. So I tune the phone out. I guess I'm really good at it because I literally don't hear a thing they say half the time. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah. And, like, then they'll be like, well, I told you about it. And I'm like, when did you tell me about it? Like, it's oh, like, I swear I listen. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I think we're out of time now. Okay. So well, thank you so much. Yes, because we could talk for hours. Well, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. I hope you all have a good night. And thanks for listening to me ramble. I loved it. This is my favorite. Like, honestly, when it just flows so fast that I don't yeah. realize how fast time is going. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it had already been an hour. You're like, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Whitney, for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And like I said, like you said, we'll have to do it again soon. Yes, for sure. All right, mamas, I'm going to hop off of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.